my Health Masters family, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I've told people over the last couple of years, and this started primarily with during the COVID time, you saw these QR code scanning points, right? Every time you went into a restaurant, anytime you went into a store, they always want you to scan your QR code. Well, if anybody knows the basis on those, they're all about tracking and monitoring where you go. And essentially, they put data points on your phone and they track everything you do. And they've been slowly introducing these into generalized society for specific things, whether it be purchases, whether it be travel. And now we're starting to see the real reason behind them. If you guys have seen photos and videos over the weekend, the Whole Foods in Washington, D.C. now put out this big disclaimer that essentially if you want to use the Whole Foods store, you've got to download a QR code. And it says right here, posted, scan in at EntryGate, use any of these methods, Whole Foods Market or Amazon app or Amazon One or credit card. Link to your Amazon account, bag groceries as you shop, pick up a bag or bring your own. Sensors and cameras automatically register what you take and put back. Scan out at exit gate. Simply scan out with the same payment method you use to entry. Your receipt will be emailed to you. And there was a lady that actually took a bunch of videos and photos of this, and she said, she said blatantly, so basically you cannot go into Whole Foods Market in Washington, D.C. unless you scan your QR code, and they track every single thing you do. This is the future of all grocery stores, she said, adding, I'm going to have to boycott Whole Foods. Now, a lot of you all know Whole Foods was bought out by Amazon a few years back, and it's pretty much gone downhill from there. As Amazon has now turned it into, <laughs> I guess you should, should their, their test bank, so to speak, on how they're going to start implementing the control over food. And she said right here, she goes, I have to have my own QR code to walk into Whole Foods. She asked an associate who confirmed that, yeah, you absolutely do indeed need one. And this is, again, going into the phase of the vaccine history with the vaccine passports and continually scanning and monitoring and tracking everything you do. And this is why I've told people repeatedly over the last couple of years, just opt out a lot of this stuff. If there's a store that's requiring this, simply don't get involved with it. Step out of it. There's so many other options in most cases that are available where you can go in and buy food and local food markets and farmers markets and just pay cash and support local farmer. It's so important that you continue to keep an open topic and an open platform on these things that are happening because as they continue to bring them about, they're going to make them more normalized and they're going to continue to try to encourage people and incentivize them to use them more often, and of course, oh, well, you'll get you know some points back or rewards points or bonus bucks or cash back like they've continually done with so many other things, and now they're starting to do this with a QR code scanner, and you can look at the photos. I'll post it up on the website. It's very creepy. You can't even get into the Whole Foods store. Uh, there's these big bars, like these entry points and exit points. You can't even get in and out without scanning it. They're right there. I've seen Walmart set up platforms like this now that they are starting to test as well online. And this isn't coincidence. This is where they're going. And, again, just something to be aware of and understand that it's really, really important we continue to support other options and make sure that everybody knows this isn't something we want to we want to have happen as a normal aspect of society. What do you think, Deb? 
we'll also this whole QR system is just going to be everywhere. And sooner or later, people are going to be doing, you know, this in all the stores. And it's going to be right back in time. It's in the mark of the beast with data entry and, you know, and, you know, stamp on our hand or our forehead or an injection with a bio chip that could be readable. And we scan our hand over it. And we, and we see all of this stuff, you know, for over and over and over again that we see coming up in the new year and coming up for the last 10 or 15 years as they gradually bring in this mark of the beast system as they did in Genesis chapter 6, in my opinion. And this is the group that continues to run the planet from the ancient Canaanite religions, which we talked about so many times. And we need to realize that, you know, as the world gets more and more busy and, the, and we basically become needlessly busy, a lot of people are finding that, you know, there's simply not enough time in their lives. And I've had an interesting article that Harrison posted for me this weekend. It says half of Americans are now hiding out in their bathroom for a long time, even if they don't have to use the bathroom. <laughs> I had to laugh at this. Need some alone time. It turns out that most Americans now, 51%, go sit on their toilet whether they have to or not. Half of Americans, 51%, hide in their bathrooms when they want some much-needed peace and quiet, a survey of 2,000 respondents say. The more people that are in the house, the more frequently it happens, and apparently. And parents with the kids are living in the house are three times as likely to seek refuge in the bathroom than the childless single respondents, 62 versus 23%. Not surprisingly, children between the ages of 3 and 12 stood out as the loudest members of the household, 61%, twice as loud as the teenagers. And this survey is conducted by one poll on behalf of Masonite, also suggests the average response respondent needs four and five hours of private time to, per day to feel their best. 77% still need that private time, even when they're hosting family or friends in their house. Almost 81% think it's important that they create a quiet or private spaces when they're home. And you know, the Bible talks about this, how we need to enter into God's rest. And we need to realize that, you know, too much is still too much. You know, I've got friends of mine who've got children. And each of the children are in like three to four different sports. And they've got three or four different kids. And so they're going to like 16 sporting events every single week. And the mothers are all stressed out. The husbands are all stressed out. The families are all stressed out. Half of them are taking Xanax and Prozac trying to keep up with the scheduling. And, guys, it doesn't have to be that way. We need to learn how to enter into God's rest. We need to have prayer time every single day. And we need to have time with our family and friends to the best of our abilities. And I know a lot of you guys had a great Christmas over the holiday season, last few weeks, great Christmas season. And a lot of you really got stressed out over Christmas with relatives that you really don't like that you were forced to associate with. And there are many of you had kids come down that you have great relationships with and families that you have great relationships with and you had an absolutely pleasant experience. And so it's really, really important that we all understand that, you know, when we keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and when he continues to be part of our life and everything that we do, what ends up happening is we get into a situation where everybody at, this, at a certain point starts to realize that, you know, it's not that important to stay needlessly, mindlessly busy all the time. It really is not. And we've got to be able to step back and enter into God's rest. You know, in Psalm 116:15, it says, You are an invaluable masterpiece of God's. His abundant favor and grace is always flowing towards you, and you can receive it today freely. And what the world wants to do, they want to basically come in now, and they want to try to force you and basically make you do what they want you to do so you don't think about the spiritual aspects of what God has done for us. Look at Psalm 116.15. You're an invaluable masterpiece of God. His abundant favor and grace is always flowing towards you. Receive it today freely. And, and we, if we look at this stuff and we start to understand who we are in Christ and what happens with Christ, then we can understand what that verse means. As I read it to you twice this morning. Because, guys, it's important to realize that, you know, without God, 
you know, you're not going to be happy because we've got a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of us, and that God-shaped vacuum is, is something that really, really can only be filled through the Holy Spirit. That's it. And that's the way God made you. He made you to be an uplink transformer, uplink control unit, so to speak, a radio receiver antenna. That's what your skin suit is to allow you to communicate directly with God Almighty. And without that, we simply don't have the peace, the righteous peace and the joy that comes through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we need to really, really take a look at that in our lives. And we need to also realize that a lot of people have basically gone into a situation where they don't want to be in the situation that they're in because of the Frankfurt School and what's happened to the university systems and how they've basically programmed the hearts and minds of the people. But there's an interesting prayer that I read this morning. It was by Minister Joe Wright. And many of you guys have read this prayer before. You've seen it. It's been around. It's been circulating for a bit. But I want to read it to you today as we have you know, a couple of days after Christmas. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask for your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know you're what your word says. Woe to those who call evil good. But that is exactly what we've done. We've lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We've endorsed perversion and called it alternative lifestyle. We've exploited the poor and called it lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and we have called it choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children. We've called it building self-esteem. We've abused power and called it politics. We've embezzled public funds and called it essential expenses. We've institutionalized bribery and called it suites of office. We've coveted our neighbors for possessions and called it ambition. We've polluted the air with profanity and pornography. We've called it freedom of expression. And we've ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers, and we've called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free and set America free. And we need to understand that this is something that all of us need to take a look at. Because if we don't see what's happened to our country and we don't call it out from the rooftops and we don't shout it out, it's not going to get any better. And we've got to understand that. And it's, it's just so important that we, that we understand the clearness of what the Word of God says and how important it is for us to continue just to seek God's will in everything that we do. By the way, U.S. life expectancy has dropped to a 25-year low amid COVID. The CDC data shows, wow. I got a feeling it's a whole lot lower than that, by the way. The only reason it's not really, really low is when they started injecting people and they released this clot shot and they released this bioweapon called COVID into the, into the population two years ago. They were targeting older people over the age of 65 who had basically, how should I say, you know, comorbidities and were, many of them were obese. And they've dropped a lot of these people down. If they had targeted the young people, which they're doing now with the clot shot, with these children being basically immunized, we start averaging those children into the life expectancy data who are going to start dying from this. It's going to be a real problem for this. It's going to drop off harder and harder and harder. But we need to understand that we have to look at this stuff, and we need to realize what's happened with billions of people stuck with a broken immune response. This is an article from Rintath, and it says, you know, think about what they're talking about in this article. And I'm going to, I'm going to address it right now because I'm, I, have other, I have met other people now that have been sick for weeks on end. They've never, ever been sick. As far as this, they can't get over what's going on with their bodies. And I keep telling everybody that I talk to that has these types of conditions, and almost, by the way, pretty much all of them have received the clot shot. I tell them, you've got to increase your D3. You've got to increase your potassium iodide to 50 milligrams a day. D3 to 100,000 I use for one week until you get your levels tested. You've got to increase your vitamin C, your quercetin with your C, to about six to 8,000 milligrams a day. And you've got to take 100 milligrams of zinc to really pump up the immune system because the immune system is massively, massively compromised. Let's, let's, let's read the rest of this article for you. 
He goes on to say, basically, um, if it wasn't obvious yet, for whatever reason, our bodies seem to be tolerating the spread of this virus through our population. Look what's happening to our little country. He's from his own country. Levels of virus in sewage are back to record highs. Clearly, the population has learned to force the virus into the background. The death toll is rising in unison with viral load because the excess mortality is not a direct offsetting here you're breathing. We have a long wave of deaths in March of 2020. Then we had two deadly winters. The excess mortality is now supposed to be negative. We already ran out of people who had died during the flu season. Yes, 25% more people died than you would expect last week. That's supposed to worry people with an IQ above room temperature. But they just call it unexplained, and they try to ignore it. I'm going to say this again. We have already run out of people who would die during the flu season. Yet 27% more died than you would have expected last week. That's supposed to worry people with an IQ above room temperature. I point this out to you because I've been arguing on Twitter with one of the authors of the study we're going to look at who insists on his findings, which fit the other teams whose findings I reported on the past two posts are, are unexpected and yet nothing to worry about. I honestly somehow doubt he genuinely believes this and wants to explain why they're having these findings. And now we're having people from all over the country who are dying. Now, I'm going to explain this to you guys again and why it's so important to make sure your D3 levels are up, especially with this cold season coming up, this new COVID season coming up, and with these paired immune systems. The white blood cells, when they specialize, are called macrophages. And they have two little, basically, sugar molecules on the bottom of the macrophage. And inside of these sugar molecules, in order to activate the macrophage to turn it into a killer cell, you have to put D3 into them. They're like, they're like a key to turn the switch on. And without that D3 level being high enough, that switch won't turn on or those macrophages won't work. And when those macrophages won't work, they release what's called a chemical messenger, which is called a cytokine. And that cytokine goes out and basically tells other macrophages to come over here and to kill these viral cells or these invading cells or these cancer cells or whatever you want to call them, what kind of disease you have. But the other macrophages, they don't have any vitamin D either, so they can't turn on. So what ends up happening is they release the cytokines also creating what's called a cytokine storm. And the cytokine storm will start filling your lungs with fluid, start causing you to have all kinds of respiratory problems and ailments. It will make your O2 levels drop through the floor. And that's the primary reason that people die and their lungs fill with fluid. And then you get thrown into the hospital and they fill you on remdesivir, which does a number on your organs, which has over 60 or 50% fatality rate within the first five days after you put on remdesivir because it basically is a bioweapon developed by Fort Dieter, according to Dr. Lee Merritt. And the thing about this is, is that we have this situation now where the population is going to continue to drop. So I'm going to urge you again, get your vitamin D3, K2, really important to take high dosing of D3. In addition to that, get your vitamin C levels. I like the vitamin C with antioxidants with the quercetin. That's my favorite one that I use. Get your zinc and get your potassium iodine and try to throw a good multiple vitamin in on that and then try to put some cod liver oil or some essential oils in there with it as far as for brain function. And if you get down during the holidays, Take some cod liver oil and just take two or three tablespoons and take a 5-HTP, take some B-complex, and invariably within two to three hours, you'll feel a massive feeling of betterness. You'll feel better in about two to three hours in most cases. didn't quite say that right. But remember, guys, it's important that we all understand that we've got to keep our hearts and minds in Christ. And we've got to understand that if we don't point out what they're doing to us and understand what they're doing to us, it's not going to get any better. So stand your ground, like it says in Ephesians, and do what you need to do in order to stay healthy this season. They're going to be probably releasing something else. They're already having another big, how should I say, meeting with Bill Gates and the gang to figure out what's going to happen next and another big computer model thing going out. So watch your back right now. Stay clean. Wash your hands. Don't be touching your face. Don't be touching your eyes. And realize that you need to be taking supplements. Very, very important. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? A spot on. And I mean, there's been numerous 
published studies that discuss the role of D3 in prevention of viruses and reduction of COVID. And there was one I was reading earlier again. This is one study out of the University of Chicago Medicine, and researchers looked at the relationship between vitamin D deficiency and the risk of developing COVID-19. Again, another one. It's funny because research after research after research has shown this is very important. But yet, ironically, throughout the entire COVID pandemic, they told us, no, there's nothing you can do. Vitamins don't work. Supplements don't work. Only thing you can do is stay at home and wear a mask and get your shot when it comes out. And the researchers studied 489 patients at the hospital and observed those with vitamin D deficiency were almost twice as likely to test positive for COVID than those with normal levels of vitamin D. And they blatantly said the researchers came out and they said these findings appear to support a role of vitamin D status and COVID-19 risk. They also called for further clinical studies on the possible link between the vitamin and the disease. And Dad's spot on with this. We've encouraged people over the last couple of years, this is so important to make sure you maintain your overall health, getting fresh air, exercising, taking your supplements. And one of the things, too, is staying away from a lot of sugar, especially during this time right now. I mean, look at what's happening with the weather. I mean, this has been crazy up north. I've had numerous friends that were supposed to travel up north for Christmas, and they didn't go. So many flights, thousands of flights got canceled. I mean, there were areas of, of northeast and northwest, especially northwest, negative, 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 negative 20, negative 30 with the wind chill factor. And it was very interesting that, you know, this happened to happen right now. I'm not saying, you know, there's any coincidence to it, but it is kind of strange that this weather came in so quickly and froze out majority of the entire country. And ironically enough, you know, we keep getting told every single year that – Global warming is going to shut down the entire world, and global warming is going to melt the entire world, and everybody needs to stop driving vehicles, and they need to get their electric cars and make sure they're supporting the lithium strip mining complex, and you need to do all that because, you know, it's science. Yet we see these events happen, and very uh, oddly timed, so to speak. Also, too, another reason why I encourage people to make sure you stay armed and you stay prepped they have shown a lot of videos coming out of Buffalo, New York, where there was massive looting now. After everything froze out and businesses were shut down, there were people running around, going from store to store, breaking in, looting things. And Guys, this isn't abnormal behavior when you start looking at a lot of the really hardcore democratic cities where they have really strict gun control and they have really high crime. So, again, another reason why you need to make sure you are prepped and you know how to handle yourself in situations like that. Also, to another news, this is interesting as well. If you guys have seen some of the data dumping that's becoming out of Twitter, and I know there's a lot of mixed response between the Twitter files and the stuff that Elon Musk has been putting out there, but oddly enough now, the last dump, data dump that came out with these emails is showing that OGAs are listed repeatedly in emails, which is all referred to as other government agencies. It's pretty much what they call the CIA whenever they don't want to call it the CIA. And there was multiple emails that, after, that actually referenced to the CIA in these emails that were sent to Twitter discussing certain topics need to be uh, censored, need to be brought down, certain platforms. And this isn't news to a lot of our customers or listeners or 
even me or dad, we've looked at this and seen this for years now, but it's ironic that we're actually seeing the true emails showing and exposing what these guys are involved in with with the intelligence community. I mean, we knew from the NSA and DHS what they've been doing now for the last two decades after 9-11. Snowden put a lot of that out there. But we're seeing now that it's not just spying on everybody. It's the fact that they are literally operating and running the back sites of every single social media platform, in my opinion. Twitter's just been the first, you know, domino to drop. I can guarantee you with pretty much certainty if you got internal emails from Facebook and all these other social media platforms, you would see the exact same thing because they all worked in unison during COVID. You can't go in and coordinate that level of censorship to that degree of success without having all these platforms being congruent with the intelligence community operating them from the back end, just what it is. And it's kind of spooky to see this, guys. I mean, I guess now we, we knew it for years. Now we're actually watching it and you're reading the emails and you're seeing the stuff. It kind of brings into light the level of monitoring that these guys are doing and the level of invasion that they're doing in the social media platforms and controlling the narrative and preventing anyone from being able to talk about the truth. And that is exactly why we do this show. That is why we encourage everyone to continue to keep talking about the truth every single day the best you possibly can. Also, to another news, this was interesting. Washington State had three or substations attacked on Christmas Day. Now, this is becoming a current trend in a lot of these states out towards the West, and I don't know if this is being coordinated from the same groups. I don't know if this is black ops being put out to mess with the power grid, but it's very interesting to me to see this happening repeatedly now, and uh, this is another reason why I continue to tell everybody it's a great idea to make sure you have backup preps all the time, whether it be extra batteries to extra food to extra water, just do your own research and accordingly get what you need to get to make sure you stay prepped up with a lot of stuff because I don't think this is going to be isolated. I think this is going to start becoming a trend, whether or not it's a group or whether or not it's, should I say, the FBI being involved in stuff. It's ironic because pretty much everyone now has come to the conclusion, if anybody's done research, that the FBI pretty much monitors and gets involved with every incident that they allegedly bust. We've seen that now with Governor Whitmore and that entire debacle that they had up there in Michigan to the plot to overthrow the governor and kidnap her. The more we found out, the more we find that FBI confidential informants were the ones that were directly involved with that entire setup, and they were the ones who were planning it. And yet everybody just kind of goes on business as usual, nothing to see here, just keep on going on. And uh, it's just the current state of affairs that we're in right now. But, again, another reason why, you've got to call it out for what it is anytime you see it. Also, too, another news, speaking of the failed COVID shot and the embarrassment that it's become now, is a lot of people are finally, finally coming to the conclusion that this entire thing was a complete sham. There was an article that I saw, a lady named Lorraine Hemingway out of Massachusetts. She has been fully vaccinated double boosted, and she continues to test positive for COVID. Actually, she tested positive 12 times and has now missed her third Christmas with her family. And she's 
said she's extremely frustrated because now she's continually having this long COVID symptoms is what she was told, according to WBZ. She suffers from long COVID with the long bouts of COVID symptoms since she contracted the Omicron variant in 2021. She's never been the same. She said she's missing all of their grandkids' recitals and plays, and she's frustrated. She said she's been fully vaccinated with double boosters, yet she's continually suffering from brain fog, headaches, loss of balance, essentially no energy at all. And she still can't see her grandkids, even though she continually gets these shots over and over and over again. But every time she goes to test for COVID, she's positive because her family's adamant that she has to be negative in order to come over to the house. This is sad. This really is. This is something that has really gotten to a point where it's frustrating because there's so many people now that are still living in this realm of just, I should just say, moronic behavior where they're not even questioning and looking at what's actually happened with this shot nor the fact that the shot does not stop any type of transmission or catching COVID. And the fact is, it just continues to make people sicker the more they get the shot. And yet we're still following, well, I shouldn't say we, there's still some people that are following this line of you can't do anything unless you get the COVID test. you got to get a COVID test to go do anything. And, guys, it's, it's reached a point now where it's burned out. It's time people wake up and step out of this pandemic that they set up and actually start making some rational decisions and stop being, you know, covidians, I guess you should call them, and continue to actually start taking responsibility for their own health and stop relying on the medical industrial complex to keep lying to everyone and keep continually making everyone sicker. Just like Dad said earlier, the nutrients that we have seen over the years work. They're effective. The research backs them. And there are virtually zero side effects from natural nutrients. So continue to do your research. If you have questions about any of the supplements, give us a call, healthmasters.com. We appreciate your support. But, Dad, how do you wake up some of these people? Or do you think it's pretty much to the point where you're having one or the other? There's really no option anymore. These people are pretty much gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, they're in the rabbit hole also. There's pretty much no get, not getting them out. The people that have already awakened and realized they were forced into the shot, now their immune systems are compromised, they're away. Yeah. And the rest of them are still trying to rely on mainstream medicine to give them more and more and more solutions and more and more shots to get healthy again because the only thing they were programmed by their medical doctors wearing their white lab coats using their stethoscope as a crucifix as far as a, you know, a symbol around their neck showing their absolute power. Uh, they've been programmed by these guys to follow the standard medical procedures as they were little children. And I'm talking primarily about people over the age of 60. And they're not, they're not questioning the narrative whatsoever because to them, the doctor's God. And my good friend, uh, my pastor, who basically was injected two or three times and basically had, had cancer and then recovered from the cancer and then got injected and came, the cancer came back, he passed away last week. And I didn't really want to bring this up because, you know, we haven't been on the air since last week and I didn't want to bring it up until today. But, you know, that's the mainstream medicine. I mean, he was in his 80s. And he was basically convinced that these doctors were gods. They put him on a chemotherapy drug that basically caused his spine to become brittle, and he had multiple fractures in the spine. In his last couple of years, it was absolutely horrific as far as the pain that he endured, but he went with that mainstream model. And the thing we have to understand is that, you know, that's been ingrained into the population of the United States. That's why the Bible warns us about pharmacia in the book of Revelation. 
They used the drugs to enslave people and enslave the minds of people. Plus, if you're taking a clot shot on an ongoing basis, you're getting micro clots and micro strokes in your brain. You start losing your reasoning skills because you're starting to shut off the blood flow to your frontal cortex. And so what ends up happening is you can't think clearly anymore. That's why many people have told me that they know people that have had the, the clot shots and they've gotten sicker and sicker and their personalities have changed. You know, when you take a serious injury to your frontal lobe of your brain, whether it's be from a fall or from an injection or from clotting or from strokes, it affects the entire functioning of the brain and your ability to think clearly. And so I think it's done for a lot of people, Austin. I think that they were very effective. I think they're very effective as far as the shots, and they're, they're targeting a segment of the population that, you know, simply is not going to do anything but take the shots. And they're going to basically destroy their immune systems if they're not already destroyed, like the article I just read a minute ago. And they're going to come out with more and more and more and more drugs that will further line the pockets of the pharmaceutical companies that are owned by State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock, and the bloodline families. And, and that's what they're going to do, and that's what they've always done. In fact, look at this new, new drug that COVID-19 came out with Merck. Merck's COVID-19 antiviral drug doesn't reduce hospitalization or death in high-risk vaccinated people, study says. So it doesn't reduce hospitalization or death. Well, why in the world are you taking it? The COVID antiviral drug, M-O-L-N-U-P-I-R-A-V-I-R, whatever, that's Molnupiravir, whatever, helps recover, helps be at recovery from the virus but not reduce the hospitalization or death rate in higher vaccinated in adults, the new study has found. Well, how do they know it really helps to reduce, you know, helps with speed of the recovery? How do we know those results aren't screwed either, skewed either? We don't know that. We don't know how they set up the parameters yet. This from Ridgeback Biotherapeutics and Merck.com is used to treat mild to moderate COVID. It can be taken at home twice a day for five days and within five days of symptoms. It works by stopping the virus from replicating, keeping levels low in the body, and thus reducing its severity. Well, you know, vitamin D3 does the same thing without any side effects. The published study in The Lancet on December 22nd has and has been peer-reviewed. Between December the 8th, 2021, and April 27, 2022, more than 25,000 eligible participants in the U.K. age 50 or older, again, there it is, without hitting that demographics, basically have been unwell since with confirmed COVID for five days or less took part of the study, was conducted when the Omicron variant was dominant. Half the participants were randomly assigned to receive 800 milligram dose of this drug twice a day for five days, and the other half were assigned to receive the usual hospital care only. And the mean age of the participants was 56.6 years, and 95.4% have received at least three doses of the COVID vaccine. So in other words, it doesn't reduce hospitalization, emissions, or death. The research has conducted a follow-up on the participants via online diary or telephone call within 28 days. They found that hospitalizations or death were recorded in 105 1% of the 12,000 recipients that received this drug versus 98 hospitalizations or death with 1% of the recipients that didn't receive the drug. So this wasn't statistically significant. The study did, however, supposedly find that the participants recovered faster, which they can't really say that either. So all of these drugs are going to continue to be released by Pharmakia and by the major drug corporation because they want to have the ability to come in now and enslave as many people as they possibly can into these drugs on a continual, if not lifetime basis. And we know, we now know there's literally hundreds of vaccines in the pipeline. And once they figure out they can get them into the childhood vaccine schedule like they did with the COVID vax, they become immune for on them. They have, the, at that point in time, they can be reused under emergency use authorization if they have another release of another bioweapon. And at that point in time, if that happens, then you're going to have a situation where they all end up basically going back into the child vaccine schedule. Yes, we'll have hundreds more in that probably in 10 years. 
and that will give them full carb block immunity against any prosecution if they're approved by the Todd Food and Douglas Drug Food and Drug Administration without having to go through emergency use authorization because they'll be getting that act that Reagan signed. This whole thing's a scam, guys. It's just a giant mind scam in which they're continuing to try to convince the people in the United States what needs to be done and, and basically how much needs to be done and how many drugs they need to take and how they can continue just to pull more and more and more money out of the people in the United States and around the world with the use of pharmacia. And by the way, American Thinker came out with a pretty good article, and it's called Canada's Euthanasia. It's not a good article. It's a sad article, but it's very informative. Canada's Euthanasia program sets its sights on children. This is just unreal to do this in Canada. <laughs> Let us serve this warning to the pro-abortion conservatives, compromising on innocent lives, opens a Pandora box, unleashes murder. A piece published in the National Post just five days ago and authored by Christian Hopper, this is Ottawa, publicly acknowledges that its assisted suicide regime might have gone too far. Critics have highlighted the existence of a little-known medical assistance in Dying Children's Activity book that was funded by the Canadian government. We've seen the dystopian stories of exactly Trudeau's government has targeted with the euthanasia program, those suffering from hear loss or those suffering you know, who are the poor, but now children are also in the crosshairs. I'm not going to read any more of this because I have a lot of kids listening to the show, and I don't want to make an issue out of this. That's, that's to the extent when you put a person like Trudeau in, who's a hardcore communist, and wants to go in and kill as many people as he can on an ongoing basis. Remember what Stalin used to say? Stalin used to say if he couldn't kill at least 15,000 people a day during a takeover of Russia, which took like 10 years, he was having a bad day. And it's, it's really, really, really important to understand that. By the way, I pulled up an article today. I had somebody ask me a question, and they said uh, they were about wanting to marry a non-believer, and they, they were a Christian, and they were asking me you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And I'm going to read you part of this. If you're thinking about marrying a non-believer, here are some of the future questions you may have to consider. Following Christ is the most important decision you'll ever make. The next most important decision, choosing a mate who shares your faith and who will support you in your spiritual growth. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, the Apostle Paul says that believers should not be unequally yoked with non-believers. While this is true that the passage does not specifically mention marriage, it does refer to being bound in a relationship with another person, and no relationship is more binding than marriage. The picture of two oxen bound or yoked together is often used to explain the scripture. The oxen must pull in the same direction, otherwise they will fight with one another and experience exhaustion. Also, there were spikes put at the bottom of the cart. They were called goads. And remember what Jesus said, don't kick against the goads. When these oxen are a pair, one of them may try to pull more and the other one may slack a little bit. And if they do, that back of their heels is going to get stuck on those goads and it's going to push them and prod them to pull equally. And this is the problem that you run into if you're unequally yoked. You've got one person pulling, the other person getting pulled against the goats all the time, and they're have constant conflict. The not oxens, uh, the oxen must pull in the same direction, otherwise they will fight with one another and experience exhaustion. The same is true of two people who marry but don't share common faith. Like the oxen pulling in different directions, a couple who doesn't share a godly foundation will clash and experience conflict. Perhaps you're not convinced yet and wonder, two people enjoy each other and are mutually attracted, so that's enough to sustain the relationship, right? Absolutely not. If you're thinking about marrying a non-believer, here are some questions you may be faced with answering in the future. Who will come first, Christ or your husband, Christ or your wife? And how will you explain and help them understand this? Will your spouse's indifference to God affect your own spiritual growth? How will you explain to your spouse how God guides your decisions if he or she does not know him? What if you believe that God wants you to accomplish something together as a couple? What if God leads you to stop practicing a particular habit? Well, you're made to understand. I'm going to stop here for a second. What if you're going out and drinking every night? What if you're going out and getting drunk every night? 
what if you're going out and doing things that you know you shouldn't do, like going out to bars every night and basically flirting with other women or flirting with other men and you get convicted, but your mate's been used to doing that with you. What if your God leaves you to stop practicing that particular habit? Will your mate understand it? Will she think you're being unreasonable, especially since everyone else is doing it? You know, if you have children, will your mate agree to let you raise them to know Christ? Will he or she object when you want to take the kids to church and other Christian functions? Will your spouse's unbelief hinder your children and grandchildren from trusting in Christ and ultimately affect their eternal destiny? When you and your spouse have a disagreement, will your mate have the capacity to forgive? That's really important, guys. I covered that on Friday's show with the verses that we covered. After all, forgiveness is the choice that many people find difficult, even with God in their lives. Even well-meaning Christians can fall into the trap of marrying non-believers. The most important piece of advice is, is that saying he knows Christ doesn't mean he has a relationship with him. Now, I'm going to say that again. The most important piece of advice is that saying that he or she that you're dating knows Christ doesn't mean that he has a relationship with him. Will they go to church with you? Will they accept Jesus? Will they start reading their Bible? Very important, all of these things. Even well-meaning Christians can fall into the trap of marrying non-believers. got to remember that. Marriage is based on a common faith and is for our benefit, blessings, and protection. God's, God wants what is absolutely best for you. Make the decision to follow him and allow him to help you to find the right mate for you. Now, guys, that can be very difficult, especially on dating apps. Let me just share something with you guys real quick. It's important that if you're out there trying to find a mate, that you do it in a way that's going to make them understand that you're a Christian and that you go to church on a regular basis, that you pray on a regular basis, that you love God, that you love Jesus. It's a whole lot easier to find somebody like that than it is to try to find somebody who will convert to that or become that. You know, a lot of people get attracted because of looks. They need to get attracted because of the heart and because of the relationship with God, with the mind. You can't give somebody a heart transplant and get them to accept Christ. It doesn't work that way. You can't give them a brain transplant and get them to accept Christ. You know, look at the internal components of the relationship. Look at who they are and what they are. Ask them those probing questions. Do you go to church? Do you pray? Do you believe in Jesus? Do that like the first conversation you have. If you do it that way, what you're going to find is that a lot of the people out there right now are lost. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to have a decent relationship, and they sure in the heck don't know, you know how to worship and praise God because they don't even understand there is a God. They don't even understand that, that God came and that Jesus died for them. They don't get any of that stuff because a lot of them never have gone to church. And they've gone from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship and never making God the center of the relationships. And so, therefore, that relationship was doomed to fail in most cases. That's the thing you've got to get. So always keep your hearts and minds focused in Christ. And the same thing with business relationships, by the way, like this article says. If you're going to go into business with somebody, make sure that person's a believer. Make sure that person is legitimate. Do a background check on that person. Really important. Do a credit check on that person. Find out what you're getting yourself into. And you're going to find in most cases that it's probably going to be okay. But every once in a while, you'll find people that are just scammers, and they run around trying to date people, trying to get money from people, trying to extort money from people, trying to do all different types of things to people because they can. Be very, very, very careful you're out there in the single world dating and realize that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but look at the heart, look at the character, look at the love for Jesus. Make that the first priority because remember, beauty is skin deep. But, you know, when somebody's a heathen and they're basically a mean person, that's pretty ugly, and that goes all the way down to the bone, unless they're basically restored by the blood of the Lamb and they accept Jesus. Always remember that it's important to see those things first. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, you're spot on with that. 
and I've had this conversation with my, one of my really good friends who's been dating a girl for a few months, and I told him, I said, you got to have all the hard questions with her pretty soon, bud. And the topic of Jesus and everything with the Bible is the main topic. I said, but there's also other topics if you get past that one. As far as are you planning on, if you have kids, injecting your children repeatedly with shots? Open topic discussion. See what her stance is on it. See what her stance is on eating cleaner, being healthy. There's so many things that need to get brought up, and you're exactly right about that because I've personally seen this in numerous friends that I've had where they've gotten together and they've gotten married, and all of a sudden there's some pretty big conflicts of discussions and topics that, quite frankly, probably could have been resolved at the very beginning. But once you're in it at that point, especially to start having kids, that changes everything. So you're 100% correct. Those questions need to be brought up continually. And there's no – here's the thing I learned a long time ago. Having an open discussion with somebody doesn't have to be weird or awkward. If you're with somebody and you're friends with them and you like them, whatever it may be, you should be able to have – an open table discussion, regardless of what the topic is. I mean everything. If you're actually friends or you actually care about them, and if they are a true friend or they care about you as well, they may not necessarily agree with everything that's brought up, but they will sit there and have a discussion with you about it. And it's so crucial because we're start. I've noticed now we're starting to lose that aspect of an open dialogue, and everything's becoming so politically correct and you can't say this word i told you guys last week about what was it stanford one of the other universities they're coming up with the list of words now you can't say on campus guys this is all marxism at its finest example they're coming in and they're telling you what you can and can't say what you can and can't believe what you can and can't discuss this isn't an open platform this definitely is not the united states of america a constitutional republic when you start treating people like that and saying, well you can talk about this but this discussion and this topic is forbidden. You can't do that. It's not okay. Everything needs to be able to be talked about and open platform on it. And it's so crucial people continue to keep that open dialogue. And now there's some, there's sometimes though, when you have close friends or family members that they're not going to see eye to eye with you at all, or they're going to be completely diametrically opposed to what you believe. And that's okay. They can, they have that right to do so. But there's also an aspect of you don't necessarily have to continually associate with them, even if it's family. If they are completely and totally on the far spectrum and they're being grossly disrespectful and they're lying to you all the time and you can't believe anything they say and you can't trust them, you can pray for them. You can give it to God. And it's difficult to do sometimes. But on the other hand, too, what's the other alternative? continually trying to bring them into your home, around your family, around your kids, and not knowing what they're going to do or what they're going to say. So there's there's an open aspect of it that you have to remember because, you know, especially you're dealing with these individuals now, some of them, that they just absolutely want to promote some of the filthiest, most perverted things. You see this now with Disney. You see this with the new film they came up with as far as with the open gay relationship in a children's film. You see what they've done in a lot of other areas. There are certain things that are not tolerable, especially when it comes to children. And it is so crucial that you continue to maintain that coverage and that protection over these young children. Because remember, they're open filters in and out. They believe everything they hear, and they have no filter on anything they say. And so when you start taking these young children 
and you start exposing the stuff that they have no business being exposed to, you're changing how they're going to act, how they're going to think when they get older. You're grooming them, so to speak, with these individuals that are doing this. And people say, oh, you, you can't say that word now, and you can't say tranny, and you can't say pedophile. All these words, dude, call it for what it is. If you see something happening, if you hear something happening, if you know something happening at school, make a big deal about it. Bring it up because that is one of the most effective things you can do is bring up a topic and other people that are on the same page go, he's, he's right. This is it's accurate. We need to bring this up. We need to talk about this. And it's so crucial right now more than ever because we are coming under attack on not just our show and other shows. They're continually attacks on this alternative media platform that a lot of people don't even understand. And it's all about self-censoring and going in and saying, well, you can't do this. Look at, look at what's happened with Kanye West. And again, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with everything he says, but look how stupid this entire situation has become. He had a deal with Adidas for the Yeezy shoes, multi-billion dollar deal. Adidas was making enormous amount of money. Uh, Kanye was making an enormous amount of money. Adidas was forced into submission to cut the deal with him because there were certain individuals that run the financial markets that said, you can't do business with him anymore because he made a comment that we don't like and we're offended by it. And you find out who you can't criticize and you find out very quick who runs everything. Now, Adidas is sitting on over half a billion dollars of unsold Yeezys after terminating the deal with Kanye West. It's right here on Zero Hedge, two months after terminating its sneaker partnership with Yee, formerly known as Kanye West, the German sportswear company Adidas has been holding the bag of more than half a billion dollars worth of Yeezy shoes that essentially they aren't really allowed to sell because somebody told them they weren't allowed to sell them. And this goes right back exactly what I brought up last week. With the Pharisees, the money changers, the unjust scales, the men that came in and were running these operations inside the temple, the same people then, the same people now. They don't care about other people. They don't care about anybody. The only thing they care about is pushing their agenda and dominating and controlling the situation, the narrative, as much as they can. And you think about this. Like I said earlier, they have shoes that are manufactured. They had a deal with Kanye West. It was extremely lucrative on both sides. Now it's a lose-lose. For what point? Because Kanye made a comment that somebody got offended about? This is exactly what I'm talking about, the level of self-censorship and the aspect of continually telling everyone, you can't say this, you can't say that. At what point? Are we just going to start having companies just shut down and close their doors because somebody that wears their product or sponsored by their product makes a comment? Well, this is where we're getting at, and this is the level. And if people continue to go along with this and do not stand up and bring up open topics about what is really going on, this is going to happen more and more and more. And ironically enough, I looked up Adidas and their major shareholders. Ironically, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street do not own any shares of Adidas. Ironic. Just thought I would throw that out there just for anybody that wanted to look that up. What do you think, Dev? <laughs> But if you do get into the actual books of Adidas and all these major companies, a lot of them European companies and European brands, you'll start seeing a massive influence of bloodline families as far as the ownership. 
and the bloodline families do the circular ownership and the circular purchases of the stocks in order to control the outcome. Because remember, when Linda Forrester Rothschild, and I mentioned this on the show before a couple of years ago when they were mad at, you know, Georgia, when they were because of the election, because they were trying to do election integrity laws, and she had like the top 500 CEOs of the top 500 Fortune 500 companies supposedly, you know, get on a conference call with her all at once. That's the kind of power these bankers have because they control the financial strings. Now, think about it for a second. If, let's say, a, a giant company needs to have a half billion or a billion dollar loan from the bankers, and they don't mark, march in step to what they're being told to do by the bankers, like Linda Forster Rothschild or one of these other people, then what has happened is they just don't give them the doggone money, or they give them very, very poor credit terms, or they charge them extremely high interest rates, and they have all kinds of demands in the notes. See, what people don't realize in most cases when they sign that 20-page document to borrow money from the bank or from a lending institution, what ends up happening is there's always clauses in there that for any reason whatsoever, if the bank considers you to no longer be worthy of having this loan, they can call the note. And when they do that, they put you to a real bind, especially if you don't have the ability to go out and raise funds somewhere else. Then they start getting lawsuits going, start seizing coming at common stock. They start seizing you know, assets, and they start taking over the companies. I had a friend of mine years ago, I say this carefully because he's a good friend. He had a company that he had borrowed some money with on a credit line, and he had a $10, $10 million credit line. He tried to buy out another partner. The $10 million credit line basically got extended, and he went ahead and used it again without paying it off another $10 million to order more product. The bank found out about the fact that he was in violation of his loan covenant. They came in and took over his whole company. They seized it. They basically told him that he wasn't even allowed to come to his own company. He had started from scratch. He was basically forced out by the bank, and this is what you run into because, remember, the Bible is very clear that the borrower is servant to the lender. That's why it's really important that you read the contracts because a lot of people do this with house mortgages. They'll fill out a house mortgage. They get the loan, and find they, and they go back in. They do a forensic accounting on the, on the application, and they find out that that person didn't quite tell the truth as far as income or where they lived or whatever else. And they say, okay, he violated the loan covenant. We're going to go in now, and we're going to tell them that this, con- this, this contract is dull and void, and we're going to call the note. And so now you've got to go refinance your house immediately, or they'll start foreclosure proceedings with you. But in the meantime, they'll tap your credit enough that it's going to drop your beacon score, that nobody else wants to touch you, and it's a scam. And this is how they took over so many family farms after the, in the Great Depression. This is, how they, this is how they've taken over so many different companies, and this is one of the things that's going to happen. And I'm telling you, with those PPP loans. Those personal payroll protection loans, they're going to come in with forensic accountants. Why do you think Biden's hired another 80,000 IRS agents? I'm telling you, it's going to come in against these loans to do forensic accounting in these different firms to see how many of these companies they can seize. By the way, this is interesting. LGBTQRTUBWXYZ backlash in Israel as ally of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu calls for a law to let hospitals refuse gay people treatment on religious grounds. Well, this is a real problem. In Israel, because Tel Aviv, of course, is the number one gay destination of the world, and so there's a lot of gays in Israel. It's one of the most gay-friendly countries in the world. And it goes on to say it was part of a broader blowback against remarks by religious Zionism politicians, and they called for legal discrimination against the LGBTQ people, and that now his new government is set to swear in, swore in on, on, on Thursday. And what I find interesting about all of this stuff is why did this make the news? That's the question I have. Why did this make the news, and why is this a big deal for them to talk about, you know, this morning, you know, on Drudge? But it is what it is, and we need to realize that these guys who control the basically news, 
they control pretty much everything. But speaking of the news, this is an article from the New York Post. ABC News, this week's producer, Dax Tajira, is dead at the age of 37. Wow. How why is all these people dying suddenly and unexpectedly? He's the executive of ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. He died suddenly on Friday at the age of 37. NBC News President Kim Goodwin announced with a heavy heart and great sadness that Teresa died of a heart attack. Hmm. What about with spike proteins? On Friday night, according to a memo that she sent to company staff obtained by Mediaite, he survived by his wife, Veronica, and their two young daughters. Goodwin said in the memo she would be sharing more information in the coming days. He joined the NBC News in 2017 as a senior producer before being promoted to the executive producer for Stephanopoulos' show in February of 2020. He previously worked for five years for NBC as a researcher, editor, and the producer for four years, an executive producer with America and with George Ramos on Fusion Media. Now, what's interesting about all of this stuff, and I always find it fascinating also, and you can make a comment on this, is they never tell you if these people are vaccinated. They don't tell you that because they don't want you to know that. But a 37-year-old dying, he's like, from his photographs, he's like he's in pretty good shape. I find that extremely strange, but, of course, we're living in a very strange world right now. Guys, I love you. I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. You guys mean the absolute world to me, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Austin, what do you think, buddy? Go ahead and finish it up. You're absolutely right. It's becoming the new normal, as sad as that is. It's just the new normal topic of discussion. You know, grown, healthy, middle-aged adults suddenly checking out with no rhyme or reason, and yet everything's totally fine with the uh, shot schedule. This guy was in the media, which highly, highly likely he got the shot because they pushed that. I know people personally that have been in the media, and they pretty much were told, you get the shot or else we're firing you, we're terminating you. And this is just what they did. And it's uh, sad to see that. So my condolences to his family. That's rough. He was way too early to check out. But um, it's sad to see it. And one thing that Dad said a second ago with the banks and the predatory lending, this is a constant cycle that never ends with the banks. And he's exactly right. Be very, very cautious whenever you're doing the loans, especially those PPP loans. Make sure you've crossed all your T's on those. And do your research with anything because remember I told you guys last week, Wells Fargo agreed to pay another record $3.7 billion to settle charges from illegal practices, including overdraft fees, unlawful account freezes, and properly seizing vehicles and houses, $3.7 billion fine. Now, the funny part about this is nobody's going to jail. <laughs> nobody's going to see anywhere inside of a jail cell. And this is what always happens with the banker boys. Remember, $3.7 billion to Wells Fargo is actually not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things considering their total revenue. This is what they do. They continually steal. They thieve, and they figure out ways to come up with stuff so they can rip people off. And then if they get caught, they've got a cost-benefit analysis. We've done X amount of thievery. We've got X amount of revenue from it. If we get busted, this is probably what we're going to have to pay. Okay, whatever, continue to go along with it. And it's a frustrating point to see this happen in the United States, but it's not uncommon and it's not new. This is something that's happened for hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years, I should say, all the way from the Bible, as I talked about earlier, with unjust scales. So, again, be very cautious if you're doing business with any of these banker boys. As we all know, a lot of times they can do some very shady stuff. And that's why we, again, thank you for getting the truth out there and talking about the current things that are happening and encouraging one another.
Right now, one of the best things you can do is continually encourage people to keep their head up, to stay strong, to stay motivated, to continue to speak the truth. A lot of people have this drive. They have this want, this desire to say things or do stuff. But a lot of times, they're a little nervous. They're a little intimidated by the current state of affairs and the level of you know self-censorship that's happening. So encourage one another. Say, listen, bud, bring the topics up. Have an open discussion on this. Continue to get the truth out there. So we thank you again for doing that. Thank you for our customers, our listeners. We appreciate you all. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out this week's sale with the product of the week, with the eyesight formula, and vote for what you want to see win later on this Wednesday. We've got multiple products that are pulling strong. The B-Complex is getting a lot of votes. The Muscle Blast, Creatine. So be sure to check those out on the website at healthmasters.com. If you need anything, give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. We still answer our phone. <laughs> I don't send you to India, you know, to go on a telemarketing rampage with individuals that don't speak English. I'm here in the United States with our company to help everyone out the best we possibly can. So we continually thank you for that support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.